0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to episode 217. We've got another in our Got Kids episodes, and today we're talking about what to do about those kids who are lazy. We've got five areas we're going to talk to you about. Our own mindset. Number two, setting an example. Number three, motivation. Number four, rewards. And number five, consequences. So let's dive in. Got Kids series. And this is this series is kind of dedicated to all the moms out there with kids who aren't perfect angels all the
1: time. So like every mom. <laughs> yeah, like I'm so sorry your kids are not perfect, but we decided to make this series for you guys. <laughs> yes.
0: We'll try to link some of the back ones in the show notes. I'm sure we'll refer to some of them through this episode. We got Kids that whine and kids with bad habits. But today's episode is dedicated all to kids who are
1: lazy. Do you have one of those? Mm, mm, Yeah. Well, in families the size of ours, generally we have a couple of each of these (laughs) kids with certain traits, right? Yeah. 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 And we're going to talk about what we mean by this laziness and how to, how our own mindset plays into this. But um, to get started, I want to share a funny thing that one of my kids said recently. It doesn't really pertain to laziness, but it is a little funny about them, them fighting. Uh, one of them said something rude to the other one, to my son, and my son reciprocated in some way. I don't know if he yelled or hit or whatever. And so when we intervened, we said, when somebody says something mean to you... You cannot react in that way. And he says, totally ludicrous, right? What am I supposed to do? Just just walk away? And we all just burst into laughter. We're like, yes, that's exactly what you're supposed to do. I just walk it. away. And we giggle all the time now. So anytime there's a fight, what are, what are you supposed to do? Just walk away? Yes. <laughs> just walk away. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I guess that probably would have fit more on our um, kids that argue or tattle or something. But, um yeah. I just hadn't shared that one yet. So I thought you'd appreciate it. Oh my goodness. Yes. Just walk away. Okay.
0: So sometimes you have a kid who is lazy or doesn't seem to do the same amount of work or isn't willing to do the same amount of work as the other kids. So this is what we're going to be talking about in today's episode.
1: Okay. So let's be honest. For for Audrey and I, because we have such large families, we've seen a lot, and especially as we get more experience, these kind of kids kind of learn to fly under the radar, and we can miss some of these behaviors and start to forget or or not even notice that, oh, kid number three and seven actually tend to just disappear when it's time to do chores, right? So this is something that we struggle with as well, even though we've been doing this for a while, simply because of the amount of chaos, right, and the amount of people to keep track of.
0: Right. You say, hey, everybody go in the living room and clean it up, and like, you know... One of them just sort of goes in there and leans against the wall and you're like, uh, yeah, unless you're in there observing. Yeah, (laughs) It is incumbent on us to help them work on this laziness before it becomes a habit that makes them less productive, less hireable, less desirable, less helpful as an adult. So like we get the opportunity to
1: help them with this little tendency while they are young. Yeah. And you guys know we like to organize things. So we are going to talk about five specific ways to help a child work on what we see as a weakness, because we really do want to raise children who are contributing members of society who know how to work hard and take care of themselves.
0: Yes. Okay. Start with number one. Okay. Turn around to look at yourself.
1: <laughs> womp, womp. We have.
0: To, <laughs> we have to start with our own mind, our own mental work. There are different work ethics in the world. And this child might have other strengths that require them to rest or to spend more time in thought before they get started in motion. Or maybe they can spend, you know, think harder and then they work smarter because they've done thought work ahead and it's not just scurrying around, you know, doing things. So let, let's let's take a pause here and check out what we're thinking in our own mind. Like, are we setting labels out there ahead of time that kind of sets up our kids to fail before they've even started because we've labeled them as lazy.
1: Yes, exactly. And in fact, we, we name the episode, this like got lazy kids, or we have a couple other kid episodes like this because that's how, uh, we all tend to fall back on labeling our children. But what we're trying to say here is you might want to just check in with that and actually ask yourself, do I really want to look at this child like this? Is this helping him? Is this helping me? Right. And Audrey and I, um, Notice that we are a very specific type of personality. We're very kind of type A perfectionist, um, get or done type of people. And so, because of that, we'll see someone who does not operate like we do and think laziness when really they're just a different personality type or they're motivated by different things, right? In fact, the kids in my family who value play more than work, which side effect, side note is not me, <laughs> um, they are harder for me to understand because their motivation is very different, but it doesn't make them less valuable than me. And in our current society and country, we really value productivity. And so it's very easy for us to see kids that are not extremely productive and think there's something wrong with them. And that's not true.
0: Yes. Yes. You know, be in this, you know, type A, check the boxes, like write it down so I can check it off. I sure can get a lot done. Like I can really get a lot done in a day, but can I sit down and relax and enjoy, um, time downtime? Uh, I had trouble with that. Mm-hmm. Like actually, I was sharing with my husband the other night, I just finished this big sewing project I was working on and I'm like, what do I do now? He's like, well, just sit down and relax. I'm like, but I can't, but I can't, I have to do something. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So there are downsides to this hugely productive personality as well. So Mm -hmm. we're just wanting here to work on our own mindset just because, you know, we're go, go, go all the time. Doesn't mean that's the best way to be.
1: Yeah. In fact, we should also include links, Audrey, to a couple of our um, personality type episodes so that if you are struggling to really understand a child that you see as just lazy and unproductive, maybe you just need to understand his Enneagram type or whatever it is that motivates that child. I keep saying he. <laughs> maybe you can tell that one of my children that I think is lazy is a male but um, or she. Either way, right? Uh, that can be very helpful to, to understand where your child is coming from. Okay, so number 2, after we've taken a look at our own mindset and worked on our own thoughts about this child, we need to be the one to set the example. Another one of those frustrating thoughts, right? Oh, I have to be the first one that that shows what hard work looks like. Now, most of us as moms don't have a problem with this, right? We're just working all day long. We have there's always things to be done. There's always laundry, there's always dishes, there's always something that we should be working on. But um just ask yourself, what do you do when there's work to be done? especially if it's work that you do not want to do. So this happens to me, for example, with yard work. Yard work is not fun for me, and it's generally not my responsibility, but sometimes we'll have the whole family out there working, and I hate it. I look for excuses to go get a water. I look for excuses to go take a baby in to change. Like, it is not my favorite. And so I have to ask myself, if I'm requiring my children to fill up a wheelbarrow with dirt and drive it across the yard, like, what am I doing? Am I showing up the way I should to be a good example for that?
0: Yes, we teach our kids so much by our example, more probably even than by our words. <laughs> For me, it's cleaning up things that are like squeamish, like puke and things, you know, those kind of messes. I'm like, oh, who can I assign this to? Like, you know, my <laughs> husband, not that I assign him tasks. But I'm like, honey, I will do almost anything if you'll clean please, up the puke. Please, please up the puke. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I know. So you know what? That is something that we exemplify for our children by our example. I notice if I'm sitting down to relax, if I'm scrolling on my phone, my kids aren't going to go empty the dishwasher. <laughs> like, yeah. why? Yeah. Why would they, right? I'm not enforcing it. I'm not reminding them. I'm not working myself. Mm-hmm. But if I'm cleaning up, if I'm working they're going to be right there beside me. They're Mm -hmm. going to join me. So that is just setting an example that we have to do.
1: Which is difficult sometimes, especially if you have a lot of children, because when do you get to relax? If no one's working, if you're not working, then uh, hey, how come I always have to be working to just motivate anybody? But that's really the truth of the matter. The other thing that I've noticed with myself as a mom of a large family is that Um, We've had to learn how to delegate and to assign tasks to children because without everyone pitching in in our large families, everything just goes to pot. Everything falls apart, right? Um, But what I've noticed is sometimes I start delegating simply because I don't want to do it, not because I'm trying to teach them something. So I've noticed my own laziness creeping in because I have so many helpers that I'd rather go do something else instead of doing this one task that was probably technically mine or or should have been mine, but I asked somebody else. So just, just pay attention to how your brain is operating and where it's finding ways to get out of work, right? If you are trying to set a good example for your kids. And that's just kind of the hazard of being a mom to little children for a long time as we kind of risk burnout, you know, after 20 years of having babies, you're like, Oh, doesn't anybody else want to change that diaper? (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, that example yells loud and clear, right?
0: All right, guys. We're through the hard stuff. One and two. Now we get to go on to number three and we get to start working on the kids instead of working on ourselves. (laughs) The easy part. (laughs) No, but (laughs) yeah. Okay. So number three is motivation. This is what comes from behind, like the gentle push to get them started, to keep them going. Um, Motivation. So this is where before they've done the work, before they've done the job, we just talk about work because that's... (laughs) Like, there's so many chores to be done. But we talk about the benefits of doing whatever job or whatever work they're supposed to be doing. Not only the benefits of doing that job, but the benefits of doing a job, like accomplishing things.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, And there are so many different ways to make it more enjoyable. So, we have a whole list of ideas we're going to, I'm just going to list off for you guys. The first one is setting goals, right? Like, oh, let's try to get uh, the spring cleaning done by Saturday. Maybe we can have a reward or something. Encouraging them along the way, along with you. So I tend to go into like taskmaster mode when it's time to do chores. And no one likes to just get barked at all day long. But to be encouraging and, oh, wow, you did such a good job sweeping. Okay, let's move into this next room. can be so much more motivating right? than just being yelled at all the time. Uh, you can change the atmosphere to make it fun. I have a couple of kids that if you turn on music, they, there's not much they won't do because it's a party all of a sudden, right? Whereas me, I'm like, turn it all off. We need to focus. <laughs> I can't stand that noise. I can't stand that. Turn the noise off. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a real ball of laughs, let me tell you, when it's work time. So just make it fun if possible, if, any way, if there's any way to make it a game or, um, yeah, lighten the mood a little bit. And then if you tend to be a control freak, again, like we sometimes are, Try to back off and just let them have a chance to work in their own way, their own type of work, their own time, if necessary. So I have a couple of kids that are actually really great workers, but they don't do things on my timeline and they don't do things the way I would have done. And sometimes in my mind, I think it's harder the way they're doing it, but that's how it works for them. And I need to just back off, right? If it gets done, it's going to get done. It doesn't have to be exactly the, the way and the time that I specify, right? Um, and then just remember, not everyone is motivated the same way you are. Um, and sometimes if they want a dance party while they're cleaning, I have to just go somewhere else and do something else because all I see is kids screwing around and <laughs> dancing. I don't see them working, but they get it done. It just maybe takes a little bit longer and it's way more fun. So I don't know why I just don't don't let them. Um, but yeah, you probably already know what motivates each child. See if you can insert some of that into chore time. So we're going to link um, an
0: article in the in the show notes that talks about the difference between intrinsic and extrinsic extrinsic motivation. But here, okay, so intrinsic motivation, just real quickly, is doing an activity for its inherent enjoyment. Like for us moms, that kind of is like um, something that we enjoy doing, um, like exercise, let's say. We enjoy that because it's got, you know, maybe we really like yoga. For our kids, that would be like dancing as they're doing the chores, right? Mm -hmm. The extrinsic um, refers to doing an activity, but not for its inherent inherent enjoyment but instead for a separate outcome Mm -hmm. so this would be like we have to clean out the chicken shed (laughs) and who would really enjoy that but the separate outcome that we're going to enjoy is the clean eggs right Mm -hmm. and the nice smelling place and seeing how happy our chickens are and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing so Mm -hmm. then this article that i links it talks about um when to use which of those motivations and how they work and which one is more sustainable, and longer lasting. But basically just a quick summary for you guys is you really have to use both. Like some mm-hmm. jobs, there is not really much in extrinsic motivation is all there is in the job. Like who would enjoy cleaning the chicken shed? I'm, I mean, there might be somebody out there. I don't know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but try to use like, try to use both where possible.
1: Yeah, yeah. And if you think about any job that your child will have, there will there will need to be a balance of both, hopefully, right? Unless it's like total horrible slave labor and they're just doing it for the paycheck, right? There will need to be some satisfaction that they gain from the job, and then there will need to be a paycheck where they get uh, you know compensated for their time and effort. So, if you think about it like that around the home, it could be a lot easier to help motivate your kids. And what I've noticed is they don't always Clue into that intrinsic motivation in the younger years. So sometimes we will do a big job and then we will stand back and allow them to enjoy it. So we did this with my girl's bedroom the other day. I have five girls in one bedroom. And as you can imagine, it's a disaster 99% of the time. And so we had a Saturday where we just cleaned everything out and um, got rid of a bunch of stuff and organized. And every time I went into that room for the rest of the week, I made a comment like, doesn't it feel so good to live in a place that is Tidy and where your things are put away, you know where everything is. Doesn't it feel good to not have to rummage through piles of things? And anyway, so I think that is hopefully going to help them (laughs) keep it a little picked up to just feel that satisfaction, you know?
0: I know. People trying to, you know, help people with that intrinsic motivation are like, do you realize that raking leaves burns 20? Five calories an hour, or you know, whatever 250 yeah. calories an hour. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. like,
1: mm, yeah. yeah, well, that think when you mentioned the exercise thing, think about when you really enjoy exercise versus when you're just exercising to try to lose weight. Big yeah. difference, right? The extrinsic yeah. only lasts so long. Yeah, but when you really enjoy yeah. it, that's you get both, you get both. So, yeah, all right, number four rewards. So, talking about extrinsic motivation, these come after a job is done, right? So a child, you know, has a chore, they're done, they get a sticker chart, they get a treat, they get a date with dad, whatever it is. That's the positive reinforcement that comes after a job.
0: Yes. So when you're thinking about rewards, it's super important to find out what their love language is so that you can reward them in the way that's most meaningful to them or their personality type or their way of communicate their communication style. You know, you have to cue into who your child is if you always reward them with chocolate and then you find out when they're an adult that they hate chocolate it was like okay (laughs) hang on what (laughs) oh I just want to share a little example here I have one kid that was more let's call him laid back than the others when it came to chores and things and I couldn't figure out what his motivator was his reward was and I'd try you know all these different gift rewards or, you know, this, you can go spend time with dad reward. Or all. This. Well, finally I figured out his, his love language must be words of affirmation. So I would just say to him, I've really noticed how good you're doing on your animal chores. I, you know, I checked your chores this morning and wow, I'm really impressed at how responsible you are getting on these chores. And like this, this, this praise is like, he's like, flourished under this praise and I'm not mm-hmm. giving him anything I'm not you know hugging him th- that would be touch you know mm-hmm. any of these other types it's just the words that are really motivating to him and once I figured that out it's like okay okay now I can really connect with this kid
1: yeah honestly I I feel like I need a a note in my phone to keep track of all my children's love languages and what really motivates them if I think about it I can but in the heat of the moment sometimes you just think you know, what do you want? A cookie? What do you just, whatever it's going to take. Let me, let me give you the thing that's going to motivate you. But yeah, sometimes it's as simple as, wow, good job, buddy. That was amazing. Uh, And sometimes it's, it's just being delighted, right? So I have a couple of times this has happened where one of my older children who I often see as L-A-Z-Y, if they're not listening, I don't know why it's spelled. Um, (laughs) We always spell. Is always, um, Tends to have a hard time doing his work, but multiple times he has been the one to motivate the other kids to help clean up the house, to surprise me. And so I'll walk in the house and the house will be all cleaned up and sparkling and I will just be so surprised and delighted. And that is what he loves. He doesn't want to do it for the sticker. He doesn't want to do it for the prey, for whatever other reason, but he wants to surprise me and he wants to see my face light up. And, and I'm like, oh brother, I will be surprised any day of the week if you want to do this. Just don't tell me ahead of time. You can do it any day, of course. Of course, then it's not as exciting to them. But it can also be something simple. Like I mentioned, a sticker chart. Um, we actually recently started a reward system for the piano, practicing the piano. I will say right right now, neither of us is a big proponent of these complicated reward systems because our brains just can't handle them. But we did have to have something because my kids were just not motivated to, to do piano and I was try, tired of fighting them. So every half an hour practice, they put a rock in a jar and when the jar is filled up, we take them to eat somewhere. And sometimes they just go get a hamburger somewhere and it's wherever they want to pick. And it, it ends up being like every two and a half weeks or so of practicing every single day. So it's not too much of a hardship, you know? Um, but that has worked really well for us. But again, before you make a system, maybe touch base with the kid and say, what is it that you want? Like, how can I help make this a fun thing for you? What should we try? See what motivates them first.
0: <laughs> you're totally right but it. it has to be sustainable for mom you set up this big complicated system and then you're like uh, i'm not now, doing that does no that work? again <laughs> yeah you don't have the time <laughs> yeah i can see my kids are so good at figuring out ways to work around the system they'd be like bring in a, a jar size rock and they'd be like we got the jar full. We
1: have – well, I, I do have specific rocks that they're allowed to use. And we have noticed there was one child who likes to pilfer some rocks from other people's jars. So we're trying to decide how to solve that problem. Oh, boy.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Rock jar. That's great. I don't know. Yep. Okay. And the last thing we want to talk about is, of course, consequences. This is recommended if all four of those previous things that you have tried – all those methods aren't working for you, then you may have to bring in some consequences.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes. And remember, consequences do not have to be punishments. So (laughs) often in our family, when we say consequences, that's what my kids hear. They hear punishment. But Mm. a consequence is simply the uh, occurrence that happens after they do not do their job. So sometimes it can be something as simple as watching the other children get their reward without them enjoying it, right? Because they didn't do what they were supposed to do. Um, But I love whenever possible, I love allowing my children to experience the natural consequences of their actions. So for example, my children, many of them really struggle with putting their shoes away when they walk in the house. We take our shoes off when they walk in. And oftentimes they just fling them all over the house. So a natural consequence would be when it's time to leave, they can't find their shoes. Now, very often this is more frustrating to me than it is to them. So sometimes I will collect the shoes and put them in a place where they have to come to me and either pay for them or do a job or something to get them back because that is the natural consequence of not caring for your things. You cannot find them when it's time to use them. So basically I'm saying avoid protecting your children from those natural consequences if, you can, if your sanity could stand it because that is how they learn. That's how adults learn, right? That's how children learn as well.
0: Yes, that is so true. And sometimes the work, if you've been doing a good job on number three, motivating your kids, Mm -hmm. right? And teaching them like using some of that intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. Sometimes the work not getting done and the lack of internal satisfaction is a consequence in itself. Mm. Like you can talk to them about, okay, so you talking to your girls about the, you know, the bedroom, you know, in, a month after and it's dirty again you're like wow doesn't do you remember how good it mm-hmm. felt when our room was clean and do you feel that same way when you walk into this room <laughs> again like that is that is a consequence in itself I think I in one of our pre- previous episodes referred to my kids room bedrooms as their petri dish <laughs> literally <laughs> yeah so then there was like um you know we're gonna get company and I was like well we can't have companies stay in your bedroom because your bedroom is disgusting, you know? And like, that's a consequence that like, I would never put anybody in this room. I don't have time to clean it up. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that you say that because one of my children that generally doesn't seem to care much about the state of that room after we cleaned it out, maybe about a, a month later, it started to get a little messy again. And I found her up there for probably... 2 hours going through things and reorganizing and making sure that it went back to that that uh you know neutral state of of cleanliness and tidiness i i i know she could tell she could feel the difference when when the mess started to encroach so sometimes we just have to make them aware of that like hey step back look for a second and so i i tend to do that quite often um when it comes to the home in general especially the living area that we all enjoy like hey look at the shoes whose shoes are out yours 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 do you feel how it just kind of that mess makes your stress level raise a little bit. Do you see how it's a little bit harder to relax when those things are strewn about? You don't know where to find them when it's time to leave. Just kind of communicate these things that are very obvious to you, but might not be to a seven-year-old that, hey, you know, when we run out the door, you're really frustrated. I always talk about shoes. That's the deal. And maybe it's, you know, hats or gloves if you live in a cold place, but do you know how frustrating that is? How do you think we can solve that problem? Oh yeah, maybe putting our shoes away. Anyway, just communicating that with them so they, they make the connection.
0: Yes, we have a whole episode about kids and chores, and so if you want to know what is reasonable to expect from kids at what ages, go listen to that episode. It's really helpful Um, because you know you could be expecting too much out of your three-year-old. Maybe they just don't understand. Like I often start on this, you know, idea of of working and laziness by, um, you know, a kid will come in and they'll like shed behind them their coat their shoes their (laughs) socks (laughs) other layers and i'll say stop stop turn around look behind you like just the Mm -hmm. awareness thing okay so like oh Mm
1: -hmm.
0: like look there's a coat and shoes and socks and like i felt you know if i was a if i was a dog i could track you by your smell because i (laughs) whatever because you know like just bring some of this awareness do you guys Mm -hmm. realize how much. And then um, another thing is with these consequences, just like with the rewards and the reward system, make it something that you're willing to reinforce. Mm. Like don't give out a consequence that you're never going to back up. You guys are going to stay in their rooms for the
1: rest of your life. Okay. Not <laughs> happening. <laughs> yeah. We've all been there and done that. I know. If you don't clean I up know. this room, we are never going to grandma's again. I know. Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Or even, we're not going to grandma's next week. Like, will you be able to enforce that? Right. You know know, when it comes to it?
1: I have a handful of memories as a child of my parents standing firm with a consequence that me as an adult thinks that had been a real pain for them to stand firm on. And how powerful it was to me that I remember that as a child because they thought it through before saying it out loud and were able to stand through. And that is very tricky. I remember even seeing a reality show once about a large family and they did the same thing. They said, if you do not, it was a modesty thing or something. If you do not change your outfit, we're not going to go to this activity and the girl wouldn't do it. And so the mom stayed behind, which is hard. That's a hardship to have to follow through with some of these consequences sometimes. But, um, in the end, all we're doing is trying to teach children to be responsible, right. For their own actions and to be aware of their circumstances. So one thing I've noticed as a final thought here, I want to share is that, I'm not perfect either. I leave my shoes out quite often. In fact, I'm just going to turn around and go pick up another kid in five minutes. Why am I going to put them away in the basket when I'm just going to slip them right back on? But our kids watch that and they do the same thing. But what I've noticed is that the buck stops with me, right? I'm the one that will end up picking everything up. And so I often don't acknowledge that my mess is just like theirs, only I get irritated at theirs because I'm the one picking it up. Does that make sense? So again, back to the example thing, and also just back to being aware that, if they don't see the consequence, if they're not in the end required to clean that up, you're just making yourself crazy. You're just walking around the house going, Oh, these lazy slobs and blah, 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 and getting upset. And meanwhile, they're just happy go lucky in the next room after checking all their stuff on the floor. Right? So requiring them to be responsible for themselves is so powerful. Even at age two or three, like, Oh no, that's not where our shoes go. Pick them up, bring them to mom. See, we put them in this basket. Um, And Then as your kids get older, like I'll be the first to admit, my kids are not perfect. I kind of wish they were a lot harder workers than they are, but they are so much better than they could have been if I had not required chores from an early age and required them to commit to contributing to the household because I want them to grow up to be husbands and wives and roommates and friends that know how to care for themselves.
0: Yes, that is so true. We also don't give our kids the option of pitching in and helping, contributing. Not options. No. <laughs> oftentimes, yeah. Oftentimes, I have said to my kids, you don't have an option about doing X, fill in the blank of whatever they're supposed to be doing, but you do get to choose your attitude while you're mm. working mm-hmm. on it. And mm-hmm. so that will make what you have to do easier or harder, mm-hmm. the attitude that you're choosing. So throw in a little mental work for them as well, because... um when in a family this size and, you know, everything that we're doing here, work is not optional. Yeah, Everybody has to pitch in. And so I hope that these um, methods that we've shared, these five ways have helped you guys maybe um, motivate you a little bit to try something new with one of your kids if you've noticed a little bit of a uh, tendency toward slacking off.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One final thing I wanted to say was that in addition to choosing the attitude, you will eventually, if you haven't already, come up against a child who will throw out the, you can't make me phrase, right? Which is absolutely true. They will always have their agency and you can't physically force them (laughs) to do something they don't want to. But that is where these consequences, unfortunately, do have to come in sometimes. Um, And that is also just life. Like, oh, I can do it happily. I can do it grumpily. I cannot do it and have a consequence. Those are the only options, right? And eventually they choose what works best for them. And sometimes it might be the consequence for a long time. And you're like, beating your head against the wall thinking, why we just not choose to do it? But that is the, how they're going to learn that lesson. We all get to learn our lessons our own way, right? Just to be patient with how they learn it. Well, that's it for this episode,
0: you guys. We hope it was helpful to you and that you found something that you can use
1: in your everyday life. I'm Audrey. And I'm Bonnie. And we're outnumbered. Thanks for listening friends. Click the link in the show notes to subscribe to our email and never miss another episode. Show us some love by leaving a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with a friend.
0: Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week. to them or their personality type or their quality Sorry, there's a big bug on the wall up there.